Hi, everyone. This is Ron Jolson, and you're listening to the Christian Fellowship Community Forum podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to, I've already given it away, but it's our session number 19. But it is our session number one with Jay Hatton. So there we go. And now I would love to introduce uh, my friend Jay Hatton. Jay, good to have you. Jay is originally from uh, West Virginia, and he moved to South Carolina uh, when he attended Furman University. Uh, began with Northwestern Mutual way back in 2002, and I understand you are a third-generation Northwestern Mutual advisor. So uh, if you count everybody up, we have over 100 years of experience. Um, and of course, now Jay is actually an equity partner in McBee Avenue Wealth Advisors since uh, 2020. And as importantly, currently serving as our FRA president. So a good person to just know, if not any other reason than that reason. But there is another good reason, which we're going to hear about, which is uh, Jay's uh, testimony, which is uh, awesome. But Jay and his wife, Betsy, have been married since 2002, six children. Uh, Jay's an elder at the Mitchell Road Presbyterian Church, enjoys exercising, reading, music, and all kinds of sports. Uh, and most important to Jay is his faith, which is what we want to talk about. And today's topic is the crossroads in my life. And I'm really interested in this because uh, in scripture, you know, we have uh, chronos moments, which is the ticking of time. But we have something called kairos moments. And kairos moments are when uh, the Holy Spirit um, approaches us as Christians and we listen to his voice. And most importantly, we act at those very special times in our lives. And those Kairos mo moments can be quite impactful. And Jay, uh, we'd love to hear about those moments in your life. Uh, so maybe why don't we just start, as we often do with these, and just tell us a little bit about uh, your faith journey. And of course, including some of those crossroads would be great. Yeah, of course. Um, let me, I will say those, but let me just, um, first of all, acknowledge um, how great this is. I mean, here we, we're on a Friday morning in the middle of August, and Brittany, I don't know how many people are on here now, but it's a lot, and um, we're all taking time to um, sharpen our sword, uh, get better, um, learn from each other, uh, and most importantly, just grow in, the, in our faith. So uh, what a cool thing and what a neat thing that this is for the company, uh, but just certainly the community. So thank you for the leadership of that, but just mostly thank you to the Lord for uh, providing this. I also want to say one other quick thing. Um, if you haven't read Ron's book, um, I just finished it this week. Um, it's great. Um, it you know, expands on what you talked about, Ron, at the um, breakfast. And I certainly would encourage you, if you haven't filled out the survey to get it, uh, get the book, but um, dig into it. It's, um, it's really insightful and well done. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, my, my spiritual journey, and I will focus on a couple of these. I hadn't heard that comment, Kairos moment, before. Um, but uh, in particular, one, when the Lord specifically called me to him, I could um, experience as that. But let me kind of go back to the beginning. So uh, I grew up, as Ron said, in West Virginia. Um, as a lot of people, I was blessed to grow up in a home um, of believers. Uh, both of my parents are uh, Christians. Um, you could really sort of say they are first-generation Christians. Um, there are not really other believers in their family really on either side. Um, and I was around the church all the time. 
Um, but I didn't really come to know the Lord um, until I was around 13. Um, I don't, I know a lot of people know the exact date and things. I don't know the exact date of that, but it was around when I was 13. And the way uh, that happened was actually my parents were out of town. And uh, as many of y'all know, as Ron mentioned, I'm third generation in Northwestern. My dad's an advisor. I think looking back on it now, I think they were at a regional meeting of all things. Uh, and we're out of town, and my um, dad's assistant was our babysitter for the weekend. Uh, she was babysitting for me and my sister, and that Sunday morning, she took us to her church. So it was a, an unfamiliar church to me, and again, I'm 13 years old or around that. And we show up, and there is um, what I have termed just an old-fashioned revival happening. Uh, they had brought in a, a traveling evangelist uh, through, uh, it turns out, through the Billy Graham ministry. It was not Billy Graham himself, but through his ministry. And he presented the gospel that morning. And um, again, Rod, you used that word kairos. It's the only time in my life where I have really had this kind of physical experience of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I don't hear me, I'm not saying that that's how everyone comes to know the Lord. That's certainly not the case, but it certainly is the way the Lord uh, chose to work in me that morning. I was shaking and crying and all the things, um, and my sister was there with me, and she held my hand, and she said, just come with me. And she walked me down the aisle to this man at the front, and I prayed to accept Jesus that morning. Um, which was amazing, of course, but I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, you know, I went home that afternoon and things kind of seemed the same and they kind of stayed the same for me for a while, four or five years. Um, so nothing material really changed until um, I really started pursuing the Lord when I was a junior in high school. So I, I can sort of identify these couple of times when I was felt called and then really when I started pursuing the Lord. And that happened through, um, through our church. There was a fellow in our church who was a, he actually was a professional baseball player and he was a pitcher and he threw out his elbow and he couldn't play baseball anymore. So he came back to our town to go to college and then ultimately go on to seminary. And through that time, he really um, invested in me and my best friend in high school and really um, taught us, frankly, what it means to love Jesus. Uh, he taught us what it meant to study scripture and what it meant to pray and um, confess and repent and be in community. Uh, so I really began a, a journey that's continuing on uh, until now, through now, of really pursuing the Lord um, at that point. I then went on to college and continued to grow my faith there, but that was really through a lot through the local church. Um, so the first weekend I was in school, I came down to South Carolina where we live now, went to school uh, at Furman, as Ron said. And the first weekend I was here, um, uh, wasn't even a friend. I didn't even know the person. He asked me to go to church with him, and I did. And amazingly, uh, I've been going to that church, that same church for 26 years now. Um, it's where we've 
raised our children. They've all been baptized there. Um, so it's really neat to see how the Lord in just one kind of random question in a dorm room, uh, the, the roots that have developed out of that. Met my wife in college, Betsy, who many of you on the call know. Um, if you haven't met her, you should. She's amazing. Uh, we, she's a year younger than I am. I uh, graduated from college, and my road to Northwestern was not that straight. So I, in um, college, I studied psychology and thought I wanted to be a clinical psychologist. So I went to graduate school to learn to become a clinical psychologist in, uh, at the University of Louisville and realized very quickly uh, that that was not what the Lord was calling me to. And I entered this year, this very dark year for me. Um, looking back on it, um, it was one of probably a two or three times in my life when I can identify in retrospect probably some clinical depression, um, but also just really deep loneliness. And I don't know if any of you have experienced sort of prolonged loneliness in your life, but it is a very, very difficult thing. And it was for me for that year. I knew that's where I, what I was not supposed to do professionally, study psychology, but I didn't really know what to do. And another one of these crossroad moments. So Betsy, a year younger than me, I'm having this really dark year. She's in her senior year of college, like having the time of her life. And she uh, goes for two months to South, uh, Central America to study. She's studied biology and she went down there to go to the Galapagos Islands and do these awesome things. And I missed her so much that I drove down to South Carolina just so I could take her to the airport. Uh, so she could get on this plane to go to Central America. And on literally on the drive there, she says to me, Jay, I love you, and I'm excited for the life that we're going to have together, but what's going on with you is not good, and you got to figure this thing out. So I'm going to be gone for these next two months. You know, this was 2001. We couldn't communicate with each other um, across continents. She said, I'm going to be gone for these two months. We're not going to talk to each other. When I get back, I kind of need to know the plan. Um, so she it, uh, say all the time that this is, that was probably, from a human perspective, the most loving thing anyone's ever done for me. Uh, it really caused me to figure out what was going to happen and ask some really hard questions. So I went to my parents in Northwestern, and I said, from the outside, this whole Northwestern thing looks kind of great but I don't really know what you do, and more importantly, I don't really know what it means scripturally. So can you all open up the Bible and tell me what you do and how it is advancing of the kingdom of God? And to their credit, they said, yes, but give us a couple of weeks. So I came back two weeks later, and we spent a weekend really digging into scripture um, around what our profession is. And what really got me, what Bill Goodwin would say is the hook I couldn't spit was James 1.27, uh, which is, many of you all know this, it's it says religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And that got me, and I uh, really was sold on the fact that what we do for a living is advancing of the kingdom. So I decided let's do this thing, and been doing it ever since, 21 years later. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, and I think probably, Jay, you're not the first to have, um, yeah, somebody asked, it was James uh, 127. Yes. Uh, and some, you know, I think that a lot of people in their lives try to make sure 
that they understand how what they do connects with scripture and with their calling. Uh, and it sounds like you had a maybe a Kairos moment uh, there. So yeah, if, sure. we, if we went back and, and looked at some of these, and I, I counted a bunch, I mean, there was the, the crusade, um, there was your college experience and some questions that were asked there. Uh, and then obviously your wife uh, and her hard questions uh, and then your career. Those are all separate crossroads. And maybe could you talk a little bit how uh, the Lord may have entered into these situations to help provide uh, clarity for you? Yeah. Um, you know, in thinking about that, and I hadn't really thought about the thread that sort of runs through that. But as I have reflected on that these last couple of weeks, I think the thread that runs through it is other people. Um, the Lord used His kingdom, His people, to direct me in the way He wanted me to go. I can't say I'm perfect in following that all the time, of course, but... Um, That's yeah, why I, we're not having you on again. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think about this um, evangelist, I think about Betsy, I think about, um, you know, all these, all these people who have directed me in the way to go. And, you know, a couple of months ago, Jay, Jay Dixon was on and talked about how important other relationships are. And certainly that's true. <laughs> um, and it certainly has been right in my life. But one of the things I think that was an encouragement to me or is an encouragement to me in that is we never know when we're going to be used. We never know when God's going to use us to direct people the way he wants it to go. And, it, and I mean, I think about this very random conversation in a dorm room about whether I wanted to go to church with somebody. And if I think about the roots that have been set down just from that, I don't even know who it was who invited me. Um, it's amazing. I mean, I could trace that to people uh, investing in my children and calling them to the Lord. I mean, it's just amazing how, what sets off from that, just in our obedience to what God's called us to. And, and maybe for people listening, you know, you may think that uh, inviting someone to church or uh, just a, a casual conversation doesn't mean much. But look, look in the case of Jay, the Lord already had been working on him from crusade to his wife to exploring um, all kinds of things. Uh, well, maybe not the wife that came later, but but you were already thinking about things of God. And that person uh, reaching out to you came at a very important moment and it was a progression. And so you never know, I think, when we're sowing a seed by taking an action like that, which is literally the definition of Kairos moment, taking an action. So we need to, I think, encourage people uh, Jay's experience is because somebody took some time to reach out, right? Yeah, that's right. We and and do you find yourself uh, similarly um, looking for those moments? Yeah, probably not to the extent I should. Um, but there's um, actually at our church, one of the things we talk a lot about is invading people's lives. That can sound intrusive, of course, but the idea of just keeping your eyes open for those who need to be loved, who need the love of Christ, uh, you know, whatever that might look like, um, and, and having the courage to walk through that when you see the doors open. Yeah. So um, you have a big family. 
you've got uh, six children. I, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm curious uh, how your family plays into all of this. And, you know, are you learning from your own family? Uh, have you been able to talk to them a little bit about these crossroad moments? Let's bring your family into it in any way you like. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So Betsy and I have been married 21 years, and um, we have six children. They um, range from Ben, who's our youngest, he's nine, up to Catherine, our oldest, who's 17. And there's Will and Anna and James and Elizabeth in the middle. Uh, so you know, plenty of kids, plenty of opportunity to be humbled and uh, <laughs> develop patience. Yeah, they they know the story. Like they know um, how I came to know the Lord, or at least I think they do. Um, they know, of course, how Betsy and I met, and you know all of that. They're um, if you had asked both Betsy and I twenty years ago, uh, neither of us would have said we'd have six children. Uh, that certainly was not our plan. Um, the Lord's plan has been way better than ours. Um, and we're so grateful for that. Um, but there's also a lot that we've learned through that. There's um, certainly a lot of patience involved in that. There's certainly a lot of ways that our children teach us. You know, one of the things that I feel like I'm trying to be more open to is the way that the Lord is working through them, that they can work through us. Uh, Betsy and I, you know, not necessarily just us down to them, but the other way also. And um, it's been really cool if, if I'm open to it to see the ways that that's hap- that that happens. Um, one of the ways that the Lord has really worked on me with having a big family. For those of you who know me well, um, there are a lot of things in life that energize me, but uh, people is not one of them. Typically, um, I get kind of I think the introvert extrovert thing is sort of overused, but I would be a very classic introverted person, and. You know, when I go home, there are seven other people there. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of people, and the Lord has really um, stretched me uh, and used me, I think, in ways. I'm certainly, again, not, certainly not perfect. There's a lot of growth that needs to happen there still. Uh, but if you looked at me 15 years ago, the Lord has really uh, stretched me in ways through them to, uh, to grow in that way. So it's kind of cool to see how that works. Yeah. So... Uh... You know, as as an advisor, uh, you have a uh, a large family. That's not difficult. Uh, I mean, not easy given the amount of time that you need to spend on your practice. Um, but I understand that uh, when you have such a large family, um, I know that patience is something that you uh, you have to work on. And so I'm curious uh, if you have a story about that that you can share with us. Yeah, I don't know a story. I don't know if there's a particular, um, but I think it's just the day-to-day. I mean, there's just a day-to-day of being patient enough to to listen, uh, being patient enough to um, spend time with my family when maybe my inclination would be to go whole off by myself. Um, one of the things that um, Betsy, my wife, has really encouraged me on as our kids get older um, is actually is very practical things like staying up later so that I can have those conversations with teenagers that happen at 9.30 when I really, you know, I'm pretty tired. But those, that's when the magic happens. Again, certainly not uh, perfect around that, but just really practical things like that that the Lord's continued to help build with me and that, that patience is tough for sure.
And but some of them are clearly of an age where you can talk about your faith. And have have you been able to do that and have an impact on them? Uh, obviously, you're hoping that they establish their own relationship with Christ. I think about really our three oldest at this point. And um, yes, they are developing a relationship with the Lord. And you're right, I think I have had some impact on them. But boy, one of the, as I was saying before, one of the amazing things is the impact they've had on my walk and just opening my eyes to things that they're learning and they're being introduced to. Um, They are, you know, everybody thinks their own kids hung the moon, and I I do too. Uh, They're incredibly bright children, and just their critical thinking around Scripture and digging into Scripture uh, has been so encouraging to me uh, to help me think differently and help me engage with the Lord in different ways. Um, And I hope that Betsy and I have had some influence on them the same way I think we have. Uh, but it's been really cool as they get older for that to be going that that road to go both directions. Yeah. And then and obviously, you know, they need that kind of grounding because our kids today and what they have to go through and their various schools and other things, it's not easy for them. And uh, I know a lot of them uh, who have uh, parents with strong, you know, faith values that like you do. Um, it's a lot easier for them, maybe not a lot easier, but it's easier. Uh, because they have something that they can fall on uh, that's uh, a, f- a strong, firm foundation. Yeah, and you know, one of the one of the if I think back to my story um, when I was in high school, this this man really helped me, discipled me. You know, classical discipling. Um, one of the the um, I can't say constant, but one of the continual prayers that I've had for each of our kids is that the Lord would bring other people into their lives beyond us to really help them grow uh, in their walk because it's it's such a big job. And you know, Betsy and I are sinners just like everybody else and we're, we're gonna mess that up in uh, hopefully not big ways, but who knows. Uh, but having other people come into their lives to really help them grow, uh, it's been cool to see how that, how that works through church or school yeah. or you know, whatever it might be. Let's face it, sometimes the kids don't wanna listen to the parents, uh, not everything. I always find it funny when, you know, somebody not in my family says something to one of my kids and they're like, wow, that's so smart. And I'm like, I told you that ten, five years ago. Right. You didn't listen to me at all. And they're like, you never said that. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the way We've it all is, been. right? We've all been there. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So, yeah. uh, I mean, maybe it's too early to tell, but I'm going to ask anyway, uh, have any of your kids had... Uh, Kairos or crossroad moments uh, already in their young lives, or is it too soon? Hmm. So, um, three of them would would say they've accepted Christ. Um, one of them, I won't say which one, but one of them uh, is such a cool story. Uh, we were sitting on the on the back porch. Uh, I hope I don't cry saying this. So we were sitting on the back porch one night, uh, my wife and I, and th- this child comes out to us and says, I think I want to be a Christian. Uh, she was probably 10 at the time. And um, we said, okay, let's talk through what that means. And so we had this conversation and really felt like she was at a spot where she understood what that meant. And we uh, prayed with her to accept Christ. 
the, that in and of itself is amazing. Uh, but then the next morning, uh, we sent a text to uh, my parents and said, this child accepted Christ last night. The text we got back was from my mom, and she said, oh, this is where I'm going to, it's hard for me to talk about it. Didn't know I was going to say this this morning, but she said, I couldn't sleep last night. I was praying for this child. Um, And it was at the time when we were talking with her on the back porch. I mean, such a cool way that the Holy Spirit works through that. Um, Literally at the same time that my mom couldn't sleep, uh, we were praying with this child to accept Christ into her life. It was really cool. Wow. All right, folks. Well, she had a Kairos moment. She acted on it. Uh, and look at the impact of that. And don't think the prayers uh, of family members are incredibly powerful. It's where we have our authority. People don't always realize that. So I'm glad we got to that, even though it wasn't on our original uh, schedule. That's awesome. So let's, we want to go to breakout now. Uh, We have two questions. Have you faced crossroads in your life? Or if you want to share crossroads of a of a son or daughter well let's include that too um and you know maybe as a second question how did you come to know god better because of of that crossroad or kairos moment in your life so we will go to breakout and we will be back in about 20 minutes all right so uh jay hopefully you are on and um, I, I'll start with you. Uh, anything from your uh, breakout room that you'd like to share with the group? Man, that was. Um, am I on? You got? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, boy, what an impactful twenty minutes that was. Um, I would like to say Mark Cool said it was the best breakout room that he's had been in thus far. So whatever that's for. Uh, I think the theme of it was God showing up in hard times uh, and those hard times being um, those Kairos moments, those the, the times when uh, we seem to rely on the Lord the most. Um, it was, boy, it was cool. <laughs> really neat. Awesome. Awesome. We had... Similarly, in our group, uh, I'll just share the last one. It was incredible. Um, we had a guy, I, I don't think, um, well, I won't say who it is. I, he probably wouldn't mind, but uh, he was rejected. Uh, he wanted to be a priest. He was ju- rejected by the Catholic Church, um, uh, actually kicked out of the Jesuit order uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, and it turned out to be truly a God moment. It was a dark period for him. Uh, but he found Northwestern Mutual. He had a policy and he knew that he wanted to help others. That was the direction that he went. Uh, and, and without that rejection, he would never have found what really became his true calling. Uh, and the other thing he said was, and by the way, I also learned how to deal with rejection um, because of what happened to him. And, you know, being rejected as you go out and, and try to, <laughs> sell is probably nothing compared to the rejection he experienced. Uh, And he said, like, look how the Lord prepared me for my ultimate calling. And, you know, you go through these times and it just feels so dark and you can't imagine 
uh, what God has in mind. And then you start to see how it all comes together. And then to hear all these stories that we had like four amazing ones. Yeah, we did too. Yeah, we did. Just again, really dark times, depression and uh, divorce and uh, people whose children have passed. And, uh, and again, just the Lord showing up in those times to form. Uh, it's really neat. Crazy. All right. So um, let's do this. Uh, Jay, maybe uh, we like to sometimes leave the group with one sort of transforming thought. If you have something that you could uh, share with us, a nugget that we can walk away with. Yeah. So I thought I'd... Um share something that actually I was reminded of just a couple of weeks ago. Um, when we, throughout our careers, all of us, annual meetings, network office days, we hear a lot of talks, right? We hear a lot of messages from other advisors and you never really know what's going to stick. Um, but this might, this probably was 20 years ago. Uh, somebody from this community, from the Christian fellowship community, I, ha- I haven't seen if he's on this call or not, but shared with a group of people, and it was probably an off comment, but the, what he shared was, this is about the business, not about anything else, but what about the business was, your good days are never as, your best days are never as good as you think they are, and your bad days are never as bad as you think they are. And that's um, been something that's really kind of helped me through the years to remember that. But somebody just a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine, shared something with me about our walk with the Lord that reminded me of that. And I just want to read this quote to you. It's um, it's so beneficial to me. So, your worst days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. So we're never so bad that God's grace can't cover over us. And we're never so good that we don't need His grace. All of these stories that we've heard this morning, um, they're sprinkled with grace from the Lord um, through, of course, His Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, let's not forget that uh, His gift to us is the greatest gift any of us have ever received. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. That is uh, certainly something to take with you. Um, So, Jay, we appreciate your opening up and sharing right from your heart. Um, And it really um, it really triggered a lot in the breakout rooms, too. It's obvious uh, because, you know, we usually all have a moment or two. But when we start hearing uh, a lot of different people's moments like that, boy, you really uh, brings to the forefront just how mag- how magnificent our God is uh, and how he's able to touch all of us uh, even at the same time. So thank you. Um, and next month we will have Randy Lehman. Uh, that should be pretty exciting. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, thank you all. And we'd like to get you out and um, we appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, visit our website, www.christianfellowshipcommunity.org. The Christian Fellowship Community is an independent, not-for-profit corporation. CFC is supported by volunteers and through donations from its participants. Neither CFC nor this episode are endorsed by, affiliated with, or promoted by Northwestern Mutual. 
Listeners of Christian Fellowship Community Presentations and any recordings acknowledge that these productions are exclusively owned by CFC and listeners agree to only use for their listening and not to make any use for any commercial reason.